Welcome back, know-it-alls, and thanks for listening to the show. Your support is awesome. Please continue to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode when it gets released. You can find us on all social media platforms under the name Answers for Everything Podcast. Use that same name on whatever podcast app that you use. We should be there. If we are not, let us know and we'll make it right. guys welcome back thanks for listening thanks for tuning in this week we have a special guest her name is tara and she went through a huge cancer scare in her life currently she's not scared which is a good thing but we're going to take her back to when she was scared and she's going to talk about it here if she feels comfortable to answer all my questions tara how do you feel about answering all my questions well i'm not scared right now so that's a good thing excellent so how long ago did you have your cancer scare uh five six years ago now something like that so how did you know something was wrong? How did you feel? What did you, what ideas did you have? Like what, what fear did you have? What made you actually go to the doctor or a specialist or walk-in clinic or, you know, WebMD and figure out what was wrong? Well, I, I didn't have particular symptoms, which was so annoying. I kind of had a pain in my stomach that would come and go, um, kind of felt like I was really full but not really. I can't even explain it. And it's actually my boss at work at the time that was like, oh, maybe you should go to the doctor. It could be a cyst or something like that. And I'm like, oh, fine. Because I hate the doctor. And I went to the doctor at a walking clinic and they decided I had a bladder infection. So they gave me some antibiotics. And then a week and a half, two weeks later, when those were done, nothing had changed. So I went back to the walking clinic and they decided maybe you need different bladder infection pills. And a week and a half later, when nothing changed, I went back again. And they're like, hmm, maybe we'll try you on a third one. You know, the first two maybe just didn't work. So at the at a point of a month later, you've been to the walk-in clinic three times. They keep prescribing the same yet similar yet different things. But before that, how long were you in pain? Two, three weeks, a month? I don't even know. Honestly, I think it was like maybe a month, maybe a month and a half. I tend to put up with things because, you know, if you ignore it enough, it'll go away. Absolutely. hundred percent. I don't know why there'd be any other reason for you to do something about it. When you ignore it, it clearly goes away. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Have you had a bladder infection before? Like, did you know what it felt like? I had one once and it was similar, but not the same. Have you ever had a kidney stone? No. Okay. That's the same feeling. I had a kidney stone and it felt full. Like I just felt it was really weird. I I remember it being like January 1st, I was at work and I was sitting on these crates and everybody's like, Hey man, you need to go to the doctor. You don't look good. And I was like, I I don't go to the doctor. Like there's not a lot of, like, I'm usually a pretty healthy guy. You know, I go to the doctor if something's wrong, but it's not often. So I was like, yeah, it doesn't feel right. And I tried like going to the bathroom, like number one, number two, I tried again and again, there was nothing left in my body. And then I thought, well, it, it sort of feels like, you know, blue balls. I can't really describe that feeling, but it feels like I need to ejaculate. So I went and did that before I went to the hospital. 
So yeah, I went home out of uniform, did that. And it still hurt. So I went to the hospital and then, yeah, after like 20 minutes, they're like, you have a kidney stone. We, we can like tell like, this is all kidney stone stuff. I'm like, all right, cool. But it felt like my stomach was full and I needed to pee and I couldn't pee at all. It was so odd. And yeah, I passed the stone. That's, you know, not a big deal. That's like small potatoes. It was like the least scary thing I could imagine. Worst case scenario is, hey, um, we're going to have to cut out your stomach, your testicles, and your anus because there's cancer. So after your third attempt at a bladder infection, what did you do? So I decided I was just going to ignore it for longer because apparently they're not helping me. So I went home and a few days after that, I woke up. It was a Saturday morning. I remember that. And I woke up and I was in so much pain all throughout my stomach that I was dry heaving. I could barely get to the bathroom. It was so much pain. And then I'm sitting there like trying not to vomit and Googling, can your bladder blow up? Because I was <laughs> so, like, maybe it's a bladder infection. Maybe my bladder exploded. So so WebMD is your next, your next best bet. Physical doctors didn't help. Dr. Google must be able to give me something. What did they give you? Uh, absolutely nothing because I couldn't find anything about my bladder exploding. Fair Surprisingly, enough. Surprisingly, that's not a symptom on Dr. Google. So my husband called the ambulance and I went to the hospital. And this is where it gets even more fun. So I'm at the hospital and the like 9 million year old doctor comes up, gives one look at me, does an ultrasound and says, you're constipated. Cool. And no, because I look at him. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I would know if I was. Like I dumped four times a day, dude. Uh, at least four times a day on, on a bad day on a good day. I'm, I'm at least in there nine times a day. There's nothing left in me. I, I assure you I am not constipated. <laughs> well, maybe not that much, but it's fairly regular. Yeah. And so he was going to discharge me after giving me something that made me go poop. And luckily there was a shift change. Cause then the new doctor came on, looked at my blood test results where like my white blood cell count was through the roof. And I was like, no, there's something a lot more serious going on here. So is that not a bad thing? Is that a good thing? I don't understand. the. No, no. Your white blood cell count goes high when there's usually an infection or something your body's trying to fight off. Okay. Yeah. So he did a very uncomfortable internal exam, let's just say. Giggity. And no, not so much. Non-giggity. Not giggity. And then he looked at the ultrasound. He's like, well, I think what happened is you had a cyst and it burst. Oh, lovely. Yeah. So, and then by then my stomach had started to get bigger because when a cyst bursts, there's often fluids and that goes all into your stomach cavity. And then it starts to hurt and hurt and hurt. Cause it's like, basically you're being blown up like a balloon. So then how do you, how do you solve it? You just wait and your body reabsorbs it slowly. So they transferred me to a different hospital, did some more very disgusting tests with all kinds of implements and cameras in various places hmm. and decided that, yes, I did have a cyst. It was probably about the size of a softball, maybe bigger. And then that was it. And they admitted me and I was there for, I think, a day. And then some random lady comes in that I'd never met before. is like, so, you know, your cancer levels are high. Like I hadn't heard any of this yet. No one had told me. So she just drops this bomb on me. She's like, you know, so this could mean that you have cancer. And I'm like, huh, maybe they should have told me that. <laughs> so then how do you you feel at that point? Like when they tell you that, what's going through your head? Like originally you're like, oh, a cyst burst. I have to absorb it. I'm good at playing the waiting game. That's usually what I do with myself. So that, that'll solve that problem. But let's let's focus on this cancer thing. How can I ignore this for long enough for it to go away? Was that like what you were thinking? 
pretty much. I was like, ah, she doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. <laughs> Who is this 12-year-old? <laughs> I'm going back to the walk-in clinic. They know what's up. Right, I'd much rather have a bladder infection. Yeah. But so they, I mean, they couldn't really do anything at that point. They had to wait for my body to absorb all the liquid. And then the only way to really tell was to do surgery and remove like that whole side of my ovary fallopian tube and look at whatever the mass was on my ovary and figure out if it was cancerous or not by doing tests of the the tissue. So they they tell you that right then and there, and then you have to make an appointment to go get that done. Or did they schedule while you were there and say, let's get this done ASAP? So they kind of, they told me that that's what's going to have to happen. And then they're, they scheduled an appointment for the surgery. Oh, first they talk to you and they, they tell you how they want to do it. So there's two options. There's like laparoscopic where they just do the little holes. There's not a lot of recovery. And then there's one that I got called a laparotomy, which is like basically slicing open your entire abdominal wall and opening your guts to everything. Delicious. Mm, yeah. I kind of had a picture of like clowns in there, like showing out <laughs> horns and yeah. scars and don't need this anymore. <laughs> what are your, what are your next steps then? Like you, you leave the hospital with your thought process of, Oh, I have an appointment on X day. Um, I'm just going to go ponder my life. Like, what do you, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. So they basically give you all that information, tell you that you could have something completely deadly or it could just be a cyst. And then they send you on your merry way for a couple of months until you can have the actual surgery to find out. And then after the surgery, you still have to wait a few weeks for them to actually send the tissue off and get a result back. So you had to wait months for them to do the operation when the girl's like, hey, we should check this out right away. You're like, yeah, let's do that. And they're like, all right, right away is mm, 84 days from today. You're like, wow, that's totally not right away. Yeah, yeah, that's how we do it. Welcome to Canada. Yeah, free healthcare, but rationed by wait times. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not free. <laughs> Every single person pays for it. True. Right? True. But I mean, it's not an $80,000 operation. Like if you're down in the States, you know what I mean? Exactly. Right. I didn't have to. You could get it tomorrow. You just got to, you know, mortgage off your house. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. So two months passed, still had a bit of a weird pain. They told me it might come back because basically what happens with a cyst is it fills with fluids, can be blood, can be pus, can be whatever. It's disgusting. And it's kind of like blowing a bubble and bubble gum as it gets bigger and bigger, the skin outside gets thinner. So there's the chance it could burst again. And then it lets out some of the fluid and then it patches that hole up and it's still there. Like it doesn't go away. So where does it come from? Is it like a, just, Hey, luck of the draw. This is what my body did. Or is it like something you ate or like an exercise you did, or just, it just appears. Yeah. Some people are prone to them. I know a lot of women get a lot of cysts on their ovaries or around their ovaries and stuff like that. Um, Not all of them are cancerous. Some of them are completely benign. You know, you get them, they burst, they go away. Some are tiny, some are big. Mine was rather large. Apparently I don't do anything. You have to take their word for it. It's not like you'll ever, you know, know. True. I didn't get to see it. I was kind of hoping I could take it home in a jar, but they never offered it to me. I was very upset. You're the second person I spoke to. Somebody had a tumor removed and they named it Bubba. And then they weren't allowed to keep it because the doctors had to do tests on it. And she was like, damn, I could have fried it up. I could have cooked it. Huh. You know, like, (laughs) but so after, after your surgery, after they, they get in there, what do they tell you? Like what, what information did you get after the surgery that you didn't have before? 
honestly, they don't tell you anything. They do the surgery and then you're in excruciating pain because your whole stomach has been ripped apart and apparently things removed and ovaries removed and, you know, cutting it off your bladder. I don't even know what they did. I can't remember. I was on anesthetic and they tried to explain what they did to me. I'm not going to remember. I'm all drugged up. But um, they tell you while you're drugged up. They did. They kind of come in after in the recovery room. And they're like, oh, we did this and this. And I mean, you could be telling me you put fucking magical unicorns inside me. I wouldn't know the difference. Which would have been awesome. But that sounds like that sounds like a terrible time for them to come to tell you anything. Maybe they talked to my family. I I was so out of it. I don't know. I was like in pain and um, painkillers and trying to heal from this massive wound from like my belly button all the way down to my uh the end of my girly parts. (laughs) So when you go in there at the time, it could be cancer, definitely assist. Do they tell you it definitely is cancer or what do they, what do they do at that point? No, because they can't tell you it definitely is. I vaguely recall them saying something to my mom, like it didn't look good. Like there's certain ways that cysts look when they're cancerous and when they're not, but there's, they're not definitive until they send it away for the tissue sample test. Okay, so how long is that waiting game? That's, uh, I think it was two weeks, at least, maybe three weeks, because then it came back and they don't call you in the office. They just, they call you on the telephone. By the way, you have cancer. Wow. Yeah, that was super lovely. So I'm I'm assuming that's the phone call you got was, hey, you have cancer. And then they're like, all right, press one if you'd like to hear the message again. Press two if you'd like to hang up. You're like, um... Nope. I don't need to hear that one again. That's, that's going to stick with me forever. Yeah. So with me, they're like, yeah, you have cancer. And also you seem to have indicators for a genetic condition. And not only do you have cancer on your ovary, but we found some cancer in your uterus too. So, you know, you're going to need another surgery. You're going to need a full hysterectomy. Screw it. Ever having kids any of your life plans are all gone. Now you're getting all your, all your plumbing removed. So you're getting all your plumbing removed. They say, you know, forget your life plans. Probably not in a, a mean way, probably in a nice bedside manner kind of way. But mm-hmm. um, what do you, what do you do next? So there was some talk about, you know, if you really wanted to preserve your eggs and get a surrogate, then you'd have to go on like hormone shots and then your surgery couldn't happen for like three to five months or something. So this would push back them getting rid of the cancer in my body. And I'm like, you know what? So I have to make a choice. Do I want children or do I want to potentially die from cancer because I waited too long? I mean, it's a no brainer for me just because I love life. Yeah. Instantaneously, I'd be like, can you just take it all out? All of it. Anything that might have cancer, just gone. Get rid of it. Go. But there's no guarantee they get it all either. So one of the complications is because my cyst burst the cells inside that cyst that got spread throughout my stomach walls potentially could have cancer cells in them. Lovely. Right. So not only did I need a second surgery to get a full hysterectomy done, but I would also need chemo after that, after I healed. All right. So you get the news over the phone. Yeah. Do they say, Hey, do you want to talk about it? And they invite you to a place where there's people and you guys could all talk about it. Or do they just say, we're going to leave you alone with your thoughts. Uh, Have a good day. And they hang up. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. We're going to let you ponder your life choices and give us a call when you decide what kind of surgery you want, if you want this surgery. And, you know, we have 
openings on this date and this date. And this time they got me in within like a month. So it was magically quicker. So the decision you made, do you find it weird that some people would be like, well, I need, I need kids. So let's harvest these eggs and let's book this six months from now. And let's play the numbers game. Like in my world, that's just crazy. Like it's about survival for me, not about whether or not I can have children. You know what I mean? Yeah. But what were your thoughts? Is it the same thing or are you just. It's hard. I went back and forth a lot. Um, I mean, I was only 35, so I was still pretty young. But so, then again, ca- I was already 35. Yeah. yeah. So it says I hadn't had kids yet. <laughs> but to, to get that kind of cancer at the age of 35, like th- those cancers are usually evident in, in elderly women, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, but they found it in you like just by chance because the cyst burst, like it's just luck of the draw that that Pretty- cyst burst that yeah. they went inside you. Yeah. I mean, it would have burst anyways, because it would have gotten so big. Eventually it would have burst. But the fact that I got it so young was also why they're like, Hey, you may be a genetic abnormality. We should do some tests and two, two separate cancers. It wasn't spread. It wasn't like the cancer in my ovary spread to my uterus. It was, there were two completely separate cancers. Weird. So I had two at once. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a medical miracle. (laughs) Well, that's a good way to look at it. I mean, really considering I was just going to ignore it because I was just so tired of going back and forth with the doctor and, and I'm not fixing anything. I was just like, yeah. <laughs> Has it made you uh, avoid walking clinics? Do you find that they're less knowledgeable or do you just find that that one was less knowledgeable? Cause I go to walking clinics all the time for stuff. Like that's like my go-to. I went to three different ones. Okay. I thought it was the same one. You kept going no, back. No, it was three different ones. Uh, Cause I was like, well, the first people are obviously morons. <laughs> Well, how did you end up telling your, your family and loved ones? Like, how did that go? That's a good question. Um, I don't remember. I think I probably called my mom because we don't live in the same country. Yeah. And was like, hey, I'm in the hospital. This is what's happening. I think the first time I was in the hospital, um, this is what's happening. They think it could be cancer. Don't worry about anything. I'm sure I'm fine. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that phone call is making your mom not worry at all right as long as they say don't worry oh yeah 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 parents don't worry about their kids right fuck that especially with something like cancer right that's just like oh whatever just take an advil you'll be fine (laughs) yeah i don't know if if you know my mom she's she's a bit of an anxiety (laughs) case so i'm sure that didn't help anything so did you did you break down emotionally or were you like focused and driven that you need to fight it you need to finish it you need I don't know. There was times that I broke down. I was just so tired of it all. And, and it's really, it's not the doctor's fault, but when you have cancer in like your private parts, people are up there in there, over there, looking at it, videoing it, ultrasounding it, shoving shit up there. Like, it's just, it's so invasive and you just get so tired of people being inside your body. But, but without them being inside the body, it's going to cause a bigger problem for a shorter amount of time. Exactly. Like right. at the end of the day, um, the whole back to the whole conversation about kids, when they said that I might have some sort of genetic abnormality or whatever condition, that was part of my decision to just be like, let's just get rid of it. Because even if I do have kids, they could have to go through this as well. Yeah. And I don't want to do that to them. And I don't, I don't really care if I have my own kids. Like if, if I adopt, great. If I don't, I don't know. Like that's not my, my, identity isn't tied around being a birthing mother figure. I don't yeah. know. 
no, I feel you. I'm not a birthing mother figure either. And I don't ever plan not on yet. being one. Not yet. <laughs> I'm still waiting for that surgery. I don't know how that's going to work, but I can tell you, ouch. Yeah. Oh, I could tell you about the surgeries they've done on me. And, and that, that's, that's a whole new show where you get detailed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's just say that the way they explain how they do hysterectomies is not very pleasant. And all I could think of was a sock. Okay, they turn cool. your vagina into a sock because cool. <laughs> they fold the end down and sew it up. Um, I'm not going to visually imagine that because <laughs> I want to finish the interview Okay. before I start touching myself. I mean, before I start being disgusted. And um, right. <laughs> um, so what made you just take it head on? Like what made you plow through it? What made you decide, you know what? Forget the kids, get in there, get it out. Hey mom, this is what it is. Hey, husband, this is what it is. Like, what made you decide to just beat the shit out of it? Uh, That's just who I am. Like, I don't really, if there's a job to be done, I just want to get it done. I want to get through it. And, you know, if I need to think about it later, I can. If I need to process it later, I can. But I just want to do what I need to do to fix the problem right now and deal with the consequences later. I don't know if that's healthy. Well, well, I mean, it's probably more healthy than, um, I'm just going to ignore it till it goes away. <laughs> so I, I think your, your life plan of taking things like face first head on is a lot better than ignoring it till it goes away. Cause you and I both know shit does not go away. <laughs> well, not this time. No, Other not this time. It has. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Like I do leave things. I'm a procrastinator, obviously, because you know, it took me a while to keep going back to the doctors, but I also, once I know there's an issue, I just want it gone. I want to fix it. Well, how so. glad are you that you did keep going back? I am. Although going back didn't do anything is really the day I woke up in excruciating pain and we called an ambulance. That's when it really all started. Yeah. But if you hadn't gone to the walking clinics time and time again, then you just would have been like, oh yeah, it hurts. I've been sick before. This sucks. But you know what I mean? Yeah. There was, there was a buildup. You're like, okay, I'm, I know it's not a bladder infection. I know that Google can't help me find exploding bladder as I quote that <laughs> air quote it. Well, let's be fair. It's probably a TikTok video exploding bladder and it probably has nothing to do with a bladder. Yep. So what's the yep. best advice that you can give somebody who may be going through this exact thing? Know your body, listen to your body, ask for a second opinion. I wish I'd questioned things more. There's some things maybe I wouldn't have done had I had more information, including chemo, I'm not saying chemo was bad, but it was more, it wasn't necessary. It was a just in case, you know, and it's, you wouldn't have done it. I don't think I would have done the chemo. I think I would have just done the surgery and then waited and seen because chemo has its own set of side effects and it has its own, you know, you can potentially get other cancers from getting chemotherapy. Wow. Genius. Um, Right. And it's, it's kind of an old outdated mode of dealing with cancer because we don't have anything better at the time. That's that a lot of doctors use. So I don't know. It's, it's a poison. It kills your cells and that can't be good. No. And that, that's sort of like getting a gunshot wound and trying to remove the bullet by shooting a bigger gun into the wound. Exactly. Okay, we'll, right? we'll remove that bullet using a bigger bullet, but this might lead to its own set of problems later down the line. 
Yeah, I just wish I'd asked more questions. So I, you know, be curious about your treatments, I think is the best advice and talk through your fears with your doctor be like, why, why are you recommending that? What other treatments could we do? Um, what other things could potentially help these treatments? Because I kind of just, you know, listen to whatever they said, and then only later started to to really look into how we treat cancers and, you know, the side effects that can arise from our cancer treatments and, you know, what other ways that potentially could have been addressed. I'm not saying like go to Mexico and go on a juice cleanse because that's going to cure your cancer. Yeah. But, it's, yeah. Hmm. yeah. People I'll do that. I, I know. I don't know. Just be curious and don't be afraid to reach out for help. Like some people are really good at compartmentalizing how they feel and just getting through it. And some people need that support. And there's a ton of support out there if you do need it. Did you need it? Cancer. No. The only thing I needed was a good hat because all my hair fell out from chemo. So I got some really cute hats. That was the support. <laughs> I bet your hair is super healthy now. Oh my gosh. So when it first started to grow in, it was like baby soft. You know how baby's hair feels? Yep. It was little baby hair. It was adorable and it was soft. And all the kids where I worked run their fingers through my hair and be like, oh my God, you feel like a bunny. So from now and for your future, are are there any like steps you need to take? Are there yearly tests? Like, is there anything you need to do to, to be on top of your shit to make sure that stuff isn't growing where it shouldn't be growing? Yeah. Yeah. So I did end up um, being diagnosed with Lynch syndrome, which is basically I'm missing the gene that tells your body to stop uh, making more cells. So I'm prone to other cancers. Oh, cool. Um, Yes. Super fun. It's genetic too. So I was the first one in my family to be diagnosed with it. And now it's caused this ripple effect of everybody getting tested. Cause if a parent has it, there's a 50% chance that you have it. So like, my siblings, my cousins, my aunts, my uncles, everyone's going to get tested. And I kind of feel like it's my fault, but I'm also glad because, you know, if you know what you might have later on with health issues, you can do things now to protect yourself from it. Yeah. And easier to pinpoint when you have a stomach ache and you're like, Hey, I know it's not a bladder infection. I have this uh, Lynch gene. I'm going to go see a doctor and let them know exactly what I like yeah. have genetically and what I have physically hurting and they're probably going to like jump to that shit real quick. Exactly. It's not mm. going to be three returns to the walk-in clinic, two surgeries later. Like, can you imagine you're, you're, you're laying down and after your first surgery and you look over all groggy and they're that 90 billion year old man is there. He's looking at your chart and he's like, yeah, no, I think she's constipated. And the other doctor's <laughs> like, we've already ripped her open. We've already removed the cyst. We've already cut out the cancer. It's it's not constipation. He's like, no, I'm pretty sure it's, you know what? It could be a bladder infection. And you realize he <laughs> he owns the other three walking clinics. And, <laughs> and the rights to the bladder infection medication. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't just two surgeries because then because I had two surgeries within a month, there was one night after the second surgery where I was like, oh my God, I'm in a lot of pain. This isn't normal. And then I noticed there's like a hole on my incision. Oh, that's and cool. what happened? What? Oh no, that's not cool. Sorry. I thought that was no, cool. No, it's not cool. Cause I could stick my finger in between the incision. Whereas before it was like, you okay, know, that's like cool. A, like an incision. So the first surgery, I got an infection. The second surgery, they cleared up that infection, took out part of my intestines, took out all kinds of like gross stuff that had happened inside my body. 
And then probably because of the infection and the, the surgery prior, I ended up getting what's called an incisional hernia. So basically the stitches that were stitching my stomach walls together ripped apart. Sorry, what's it called? An incisional hernia. So it's when yeah. you have an incision that the muscles then rip apart because they don't heal properly. And so parts of like my intestines started to come through those holes. Like my skin's there. You can't see the intestines, but what started as like a golf ball size dimple ended up being something about the size of my thigh sticking out of the bottom of my stomach. Cause I couldn't get another surgery until I was done chemo. Okay. I, I, I know I should, I should have been listening there, but I'm just <laughs> thinking how cool would that, that name be for a band. Incisional <laughs> oh my God. Like headlining shows. It'd be amazing. Oh uh, yeah. Okay, no, just kidding. I heard it all. No, but, for uh, sure. <laughs> but I still was on a you know side note thinking like, is that a name for a supercar? No, no, no. A band? Yeah, that could be a band. A yeah, rocket. that would. Yeah, a rocket. That would be fantastic. <laughs> right. Right. So three surgeries in under a month. So no, so I had the two surgeries within a month. Yeah. Then I had as soon as I healed from the second surgery, they started chemo, which lasted six months. And then basically a month and a half, two months after chemo was done, when I was healthy enough, because chemo kills your immune system, then they put me back under, ripped my guts open again, stuffed my intestines back where they belong, sewed it all up again. And hopefully that's it. (laughs) Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. So, and then for tests I have to do every year, do you really want me to talk about? Well, I mean, no, just you have to do tests. You know what I mean? Just so you, you have yearly tests that you have to take. I'm, I'm sure there are video cameras and lubricant involved. Yeah. Yeah. Basically uh, in, in with Lynch syndrome, there's a high risk of below the belt cancers on your backsides <laughs> somewhere. Okay. In there. Yeah. So yeah, there's cameras there, cameras in my stomach um, every year. And, but I don't have any other follow-ups like I used to have to follow up every three months with the oncologist and like every six months. And then as it goes longer and longer, where there's seems like there's no reoccurrence, then after five years, you're done. So That's now awesome. it's just, yeah, now it's just Lynch syndrome follow-up every year, which is oh. its own disgustingness. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm glad you're here versus not being here. So hey, me too. You, you fought it. You won, you know, knock on wood. If, yep. if you believe in superstitious crap. <laughs> And Not hopefully, so hopefully when you chat, other people could be like, Hey, um, I sort of don't feel good down there either. Maybe I should go get that shit checked out. Yeah. Yeah. You know so I mean? ovarian cancer is called the silent killer because there isn't really symptoms of it. Sometimes you feel a sense of fullness. Sometimes you'll, you know, for girls, your period will be off a bit but there's really no huge symptoms until it's too late. So I was beyond lucky that they found it super early, super early stage, totally treatable just by getting rid of it. Basically it hadn't spread anywhere. Like I, yeah, I am a medical miracle. (laughs) Yeah. Well, good for you. No. Hey, you're welcome. More of a medical miracle than I am. Shit. I've done nothing. So, Hey, good for you. I don't know. I've heard some of your podcast stories. (laughs) Some things that come out of you seem like medical miracles. (laughs) Uh, Just the fact that nobody's killed me after I say the shit I say is a medical miracle. Yeah. 
speaking of you play a lot of games on your podcast and there's one called threesomes or something like that oh choose your own threesome that's it you like that one yeah we should play that <laughs> you have some for me i do i do all right uh okay uh i do have a folder on my phone here that keeps track of them whenever i have an idea so how many do you want to play i've got three ready to go oh, okay i could do three i'm on top of this shit all right yeah. so didn't realize you had an ongoing folder oh, oh my god it. anytime something comes to my mind i throw it in my folder then you know we end up talking about it in the show so the the threesome game is one of my favorites as well so essentially in case people are listening and don't understand is a threesome involves three people making love or what have you so we get to choose our own threesome but we don't get to pick the two other people that we want to be with we have to choose two other people from three choices that the other person gives us so Tara is going to give me three people. I have to remove one of them and then have a threesome with the remaining two. And it's always sexy when it's a family member. Oh my God. Or some sort of robot or cartoon. So I'm game. What you got for me? <laughs> All right. So Randy Marsh, South Park. Copy that. Team America, World Police, both of them, the guy and the girl. Okay. And Cobra Commander. Oh, Cobra Commander is kind of a pussy. In, in the cartoons anyway the comic he was badass uh randy marsh has huge testicles so that's going to be fun i mean and he watches a lot of weird porn a lot of weird, like brazilian fart porn so you know what <laughs> I, i'm definitely picking south park randy marsh and I, i'm probably even though cobra commander's a pussy i'm gonna have to pick him because the last time i saw any of the members of team america having sex there was a lot of shitting and puking and i want nothing to do with that in the bedroom <laughs> I'm surprised. So, yeah. I mean, it, it does make for good lube, but it's it's hell to clean up. So I'm going to go with me, Bang a Cobra Commander, and Randy Marsh and his huge testicles while we watch Brazilian fart porn. Perfect. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> All right. So I got one for you. All right. Okay. So we have your father-in-law okay. and Astar the robot who could put his arm back on. From the, <laughs> from like the after school <laughs> special. Exactly. So Astar the robot. And then I think you're going to like this one. They come as a match set, right? So you, you can't essentially, you could be having a four way here if you pick this one, but it's the exercise people, Hal Jordan and Joanne McLeod. <laughs> Joanne McLeod. <laughs> so you, you I don't know what it was like participation or take a break today. I don't know. Health break or so, yeah. Health break sounds about right. Yeah. So we got John McLeod and Hal Jordan, Astar the robot who can take his arms off and put them back on, <laughs> and your father-in-law. I'm going to immediately take out my father-in-law <laughs> before even explaining why I'm choosing the other two. So Astar the robot, I mean, he can take his arm off. <laughs> How fun is that? Oh, it's so much fun. You could do that. It's so much. Hal Johnson and Joanne McLeod, I mean, I bet their cardio is amazing. Oh, sorry. I said Hal Jordan. That's like from the DC comics. You're right. Hal Johnson. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah. You are 100% yeah. correct. Oh, weird thing, though, that Joanne McLeod is actually a cousin of one of my friends. <laughs> Somehow that seems wrong, but eh, I'll take it'd be, it. It'd be cool for you guys to talk about it. Hey, I banged your cousin the other day. They're going to assume it's a guy. You're like, hell no, it was a woman. And that guy she does those exercise things with. I think that guy died, actually. <laughs> and a robot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The robot and the health break people or whatever it was called. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Okay. Shoot, you're up. All right. So Courtney Love. Okay. Kevin any Smith. any any error of Courtney Love? Like 
90s junkie strong okay, out cool yeah love. done yeah, that's the hot yeah. one i'm in right exactly uh kevin smith from his fat days okay and your sister's fifth grade teacher let's see Do you let's remember see. her yeah 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 i got her uh i'm gonna break all the rules with mrs h <laughs> so i've already picked mrs h we know that hmm. i think i'm gonna have to like give kevin smith the boot i'm gonna have like an actual three-way with two women this time usually it ends up being a robot or a cartoon dog or something Apparently. so well, this time I'm, I'm gonna be banging two women and women they are yeah, that's a whole lot of women. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm terrified for the next options. Are you though? Are no, you? not really. I'm a, I'm a little excited too, I'll be honest. Okay. So we got McGruber from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> okay. Chewbacca. I was going to choose Chewbacca for one of yours. <laughs> and, and Dale Gribble from King of the Hill. Oh, Dale. Dale's got to be in mine for sure because he'll just be so paranoid and <laughs> holding yeah. guns and smoking the whole time it, it'd be a blast <sighs> chewbacca that's a lot of fur man <laughs> i don't know like that'd be hot <laughs> like not not good hot like eat hot i get yeah mcgruber and dale gribble yeah that yeah, sort chewbacca you can remove chewbacca yeah it's just it's too much fur it feels like i'm screwing <laughs> my pet <laughs> i just can't yeah but do the, it. the noises he would make would be amazing uh i mean yeah no <laughs> no sorry chewbacca <laughs> plus like he's a big beast i'm a little worried about the size of all of him <laughs> yeah fair enough unless he's got like one of those little tiny red dog penises that sort of comes out and goes back in <laughs> red rocket. the red rocket <laughs> maybe could be he starts to hump my leg there truly yeah. is only one way to find out but you already removed him so fat chance on that happening damn it oh well Although, Next hey, time. you you did see the MacGruber movie, right? I don't know. I don't think I did. He he has sex with his dead wife at the graveyard with her ghost. And nice. after the show, you should Google MacGruber sex scene. And then I guarantee you're going to be like, okay, no, he's out. Like It, it, uh, won't, it won't even be a, like, a, uh, you won't even have to ponder it. Okay, he's out. And you're going to be banging Chewbacca. Guaranteed. Can't make a decision on half information. That's not, not well, fair. Hey, that's, that's, that's your fault for not watching the movie. That's oh, true. It's true. All right. The last one for you is Roseanne Barr. Okay. Uh, like 90s Roseanne Barr with like the really short haircut. Okay. Happy Bates mm. or Liam Neeson. Because you know he's got a special set of skills. Well, Liam Neeson has a legendary huge penis. Seriously? Yeah, legendary. Like, just Google it. There, there's a website, how big is Liam Neeson's cock? And you, you send in how big it is, and they talk about it on podcasts. Apparently, it's huge. Like, massive. I'm not like, surprised. Like, like, the length of a two-liter, you know? Oh! It's like, it's like three monster cans or two monster cans high and thick. Okay, so if you're having a threesome with him, think of where that's going. I don't know well, if there's room I, in there. I, I'm pretty sure if, well, who, who are the other, well, that's the Roseanne Barr and Kathy Bates. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if I'm in a threesome with, with Liam Neeson, which I would choose him just to see his magnificent penis, just to look at it, just to sure. gaze upon it. And I want him to hold me down and be like, I have a particular set of skills. And I'm like, yes, you do, Mr. Neeson. Yes, you do. <laughs> so I, I'm going to go with Kathy Bates, but can I ask her? to play the character from misery just to kink it up a bit i was kind of thinking the the misery character although there's some good ones in american horror story too so i don't know 
Yeah, I think I'd ask her to kink it up, you know, tie me down, put my ankles in like wooden blocks, have Liam Neeson's massive penis draped across my forehead. Uh, I don't know. I'm pretty happy. Okay, those weren't as hard as I thought they'd be. Darn it. <laughs> we didn't have long enough to prepare for the lesson. <laughs> <laughs> we, we talk about these a lot. So, <laughs> all right. So I got a last one for you. Okay. And we've got Jerry from Rick and Morty. Your first roommate at university. Okay. And the first person you banged, unless it was the first person you had a roommate <laughs> as a roommate. God, it's the same person. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Who's also Jerry from Rick and Morty. I was gonna say. <laughs> I'm having normal sex with one person. So yeah, we got we got the first person you ever banged. Your first roommate at university. Unless it is, did you bang them? Were they your first? <laughs> No. Okay, no. so it was a girl and I wasn't that experimental in university. Yeah. Jerry from Rick and Morty, the first person you banged and your first roommate at university. Well, oh, Jerry's such a pussy. He's such a pussy. But you know that might be fun too. So I could tell him to do stuff. Well, I mean, have you have you seen the Mr. Nimbus episode? I've seen them all. Cuz yeah, he started watching porn with Beth and <laughs> Right. <laughs> He's about to have a three with Mr. Nimbus. <laughs> so oh. Jerry's become less of a pussy in that episode, but he still would be a timid, meek little man that you could, he could yeah. be your, your servant. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not all against that. So I'm going to have to say Jerry and probably because I've already had sex with the first person I've had sex with. Yeah. Not interesting anymore. So it'd have to be my college roommate, whether she wants to or not. <laughs> Well, I mean, you you don't give her the choice, obviously. Unless, of course, you're scared of going to jail, then you definitely give her the choice. Oh, there is that. I think yeah. she would just go for it, right? I, I think so, too. There, you know, there was a few drunken nights there where things got a little dicey. Who knows? Damn it. I suppose that's a part two of the Tara with cancer episode. We go back to the <laughs> Tara the college years when she's making out with chicks. Yeah, no, I think I may maybe remember three whole days from my whole college year. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. it was good times, I think. Well, I want to thank you for taking the time out to listen, taking the time out to talk, and to share the shit you went through that made you who you are today. My pleasure, and thanks for entertaining all my threesome thoughts. So yeah, if you ever want to play the game again, just reach out and we can bring you back on and we'll do a couple more threesomes. Alrighty, we'll do that then. Well, thanks for being, you know, compassionate to all my crap and hopefully somewhere out there it helps someone i don't know well i mean you were explaining about the the hernia and i thought of a band name instead of actually listening to what you were saying so that's about as compassionate as i usually get so hey you got the best of me <laughs> that's okay when all my hair fell out i had to shave it in a mohawk first just to have a little fun with it so yeah you know. that's that's the route i would go right or, or like you know terrible rat tail or just a mullet, just just fuck with it, you know. Oh, I thought about the mullet, but the the like ten foot mohawk was was great because my hair was long and I basically glued it straight up <laughs> to my head. But no, no rat tail. No, not oh, this you, time. Oh uh, well, you just got to get cancer again, right? No big deal. Oh, here's hoping. <laughs> here's hoping. Just remember, no chemo, right? <laughs> that's right. Or you just ignore it; it'll go away. It's Absolutely. Fine. See, fine. that's the takeaway. <laughs> Ignore all your problems. They'll go away. When you have a threesome, make sure it's with a robot who can take his arm off and not Chewbacca. Sound advice from a sound man. All right. Peace out, no-dolls. Have a good week.